Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. Are you looking for lesson planning materials to kickstart the new term? We've got you covered. The Day is a global online resource that turns the news into lessons. We're offering listeners a free resource on Andrew Tate that you can find on thedaynews.co forward slash Tate. Inspire personal development and critical thinking for your students by downloading the Tate Debate today and feel more confident addressing sensitive topics with your class. Visit thedaynews.co forward slash Tate to find out more. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. Good morning and welcome to the Monday morning break with me, Marie. Um, really looking forward to speaking to Tanya this morning. Um, so welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much for joining us. Morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat to you today. Yeah, same, same. So, um, yeah, if we just get straight on with it. Um, so you are newly appointed. Well, when we when we first started talking and, and met, you were a newly appointed deputy head teacher. So I'm guessing you've been, you've been in the role a little bit longer now than when we first started talking. Um, but you were also a former um, head of faculty and you've been an English teacher for almost 20 years. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, really interested today just to talk about, um, well, when we when we sort of uh, met met through through WhatsApp, didn't we? And, uh, and through tw- Twitter. Um, and we thought, well, I thought it would be a really interesting show to talk about sort of, I guess, your career, your progression um, and perhaps some differences um, between the roles um, and then finish up, I guess, with any advice for someone wanting to make a similar move. Uh, so, yeah, any anyone that's listening, if you've got anything that you want to um, you know, comment on the show or, you know, at the end, we'll... We'll give our details or I'll give my details. If anyone wants to follow up with anything afterwards, uh, that would be amazing. So, yeah, um, let's let's go for it. Can you sort of tell me about your, your career journey as it is so far, Tanya? Yeah, um, so I started as an English teacher. Uh, my first role um, straight out of uh, training, straight away got um, 
a job at a secondary school and I worked there for seven years, uh, progressed within that role to second in department, looking after key stage three mostly. It was back in the days of um, APP, assessing pupils' progress, which is when we needed to replace the, um, the old grading system with something new. So I was at the forefront of that for Nottinghamshire, which was very exciting. Um, I then moved on to another school as head of faculty. Um, I was head of English for two years at a, another secondary school in Nottinghamshire, um, working really hard to sort of get outcomes improving each year that I was there. Uh, that was the, the primary goal, really, and sort of instilling that love of English as much as I could to the students that I was working with. Um, and from then, I progressed to uh, the role I had most previously, which was uh, assistant head teacher. Um, I was an assistant head teacher for 10 years at my previous school. Um, roles and responsibilities kind of evolved over time, I think it would be fair to say. Mm -hmm. uh, when I began, I was um, in charge of key stage four attainment. But then as time progressed, I ended up taking responsibility for quality assurance processes, staff absence, HR personnel links between the school and the trust. Um, and alongside that, I still taught English. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, still working very closely with year 11 in particular, the examination groups, mm. um, and supporting staff as well. A lot of my role previously was around sort of staff well-being, absence management, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so 10 years of a, a very broad experience, I would say. Uh, and now in my current role, as you said, I'm now deputy head teacher at another smaller secondary school in uh, Nottinghamshire. Wow, you have um, certainly packed a lot into all of that, you know, all of that time. And like you said, such a very, you know, some of your roles have been extremely broad and covering um, lots of different sort of focus. Um, I was really interested. Um, one thing that I really that I picked up on that you said that I just really, really loved was this instilling a love of English. Um, because listening to you talk, it, it seems like a lot of your role roles have been focused on outcomes and I guess sort of data-driven performance um quality assurance all of those words but to hear you say that actually at the root of it all was just instilling a love of English in your yeah. pupils yeah and I love I that one thing that I'm always conscious of and I think as a senior leader you can often lose sight of this because of all the other responsibilities on your shoulders but I always say to staff it always reminds staff that fundamentally I'm a teacher yes. I'm a teacher of English and yeah. that is that is what I do that is what I need to do well to make sure that the students get the best they can from me and yeah. yes I do have lots of other responsibilities and I do them you know as well mm. but I am a teacher of English yeah uh so important and not just for the um for the students but I guess actually that links to supporting staff doesn't it you as an s you know member of SLT you you can support the staff effectively because you are still teaching as well there's there's often a lot of discussion isn't there that great teachers um and and can sort of move up and move into more senior roles and leadership roles but there is that risk of losing touch uh mm. with the the you know the chalk face <laughs> that's the teaching yeah, um yeah. so something that I've, I've kind of learned from my you know my head teacher now my previous head teacher both of them mm. are in the classroom yeah. Uh, not not as much as you know, say I am, or certainly not as much as you know other staff. But they they both maintain contact within the classroom because 
they also value that as being part of their role mm. you know to at the, at the chalk face as you say it mm. you know that allows them to have that kind of they can relate more to staff and they can say I'm asking you to do this because I also do this yes you know it's, it's that walking the walk and talking the talk isn't it Exactly. I mean, absolute role modelling as well, you yeah. know, and and really being able to have a very accurate um, view of of things, the, the challenges. But I guess also, you know, going back to that instilling that love, that actual joy of teaching mm. as well. Oh, yeah. That's why we all this is why we all went into it, isn't it? You know, yeah. no matter where you get to, there's that absolute love of of being around the pupils and and seeing those those little sparks of um yeah of of engaging with your subject whatever your subject matter is um and you know and I just love English as well absolutely love English love reading um and and I'm always really interested when we're talking about roles like this like like we've said yours is is performance driven and, and outcomes and, and data but sometimes again you there's that worry isn't there that actually it, it kind of knocks the love of a subject particularly mm-hmm. I mean my feelings of it particularly something like English that reading for pleasure yeah. and how you how you balance that as a teacher with well but actually we've got to we've got to do develop these skills and you've got to study certain texts um whilst maintaining hopefully a sort of love of english that's a lifelong um you know thing to take with you in the future yeah. isn't it yeah staff welfare as well just picking up on um you know you're heavily involved in staff welfare or you know have been again that's huge isn't it a huge area I mean that's is one of my absolute motivators as well mm-hmm. um and actually you know we I've referred very briefly to it but that is how we met wasn't it is through um lovely Chris McDonald shout out on Twitter <laughs> um had a just a fantastic idea of um setting up a whatsapp group um mm-hmm. for people and I think I think there's about two three hundred isn't there I think on that uh, on that group lots, lots of subgroups as well and I must say yeah um, I can't remember all the names, but a massive, massive thank you to the the members of the DSL WhatsApp group because mm. I'm fresh and new to the role of DSL, and the the advice and the comments that are there are so yeah. so supportive and just reassure me constantly that I am I may be new, but I will get there. Yeah, I I'm the same. I mean, right from that, the first um, I remember sort of having a little laugh to myself because the first I think the first evening certainly that I was joined on, and um, everyone was just sending pictures of their pets. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it was so so lovely. Um, you know, and and like I said, that's how we that's how we met, and it's it has been a really lovely support. Um, and people have felt able to kind of ask advice um and I don't know how much of that's because it is so big and maybe there's an element of you know anonymous anonymous I can't never say that word anonymous (laughs) um you know the people have felt very um able to really Mm. ask and really be honest about how they're feeling which I think you know sometimes there's barriers to that in your own workplace isn't there uh which that, that arguably there shouldn't be but um I think having a group of people so yeah anyone out there that's uh not not on the group or you know wants is thinking of joining a group like that um I highly recommend <laughs> yeah. I totally echo that sentiment <laughs> um so um shall we talk about so we've sort of 
discussed a bit, you've talked a bit about what your roles have been leading up to this. And then what I'm I'm interested in is kind of the move um, and so what your role is now. And yeah, could you let us know a bit about that? Yeah, so in September, I started a new role um, as deputy head teacher um, and designated safeguarding lead. Um, the school is actually part of the same trust as my previous school. Mm. So on one hand, that's lovely because I, I knew a lot of the people I would be working with already. Uh, however, in interview setting, that did make me feel incredibly awkward at times. Mm. The fact that I, I, I know these people and I chat to them, this is now a different circumstance and I have to remind myself that I'm actually, you know, this is something very, very formal. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, I was very happy to, to, you know, to be successful and to, and to start working um, here at my new school. Um, I'm the only deputy head teacher. Um, it's a small school and um, there's only six members of SLT. Oh, right. So, I've, got, I've gone from, you know, a school of 2,500 students uh, with a, a matching staff body um, to a school of only 870. So right. everything is much, much smaller. And I think that in itself has been something that I've had to just get my head around, you know, that there aren't as many people to ask or mm. to, 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 you know, what I'm looking to say, to kind of give responsibilities to, if you like, because there, there aren't as many staff holders and um, in terms of TLR holders and um, my key responsibilities at the moment then obviously safeguarding because I'm the DSL um, attendance um, a student attendance I also oversee curriculum and I line manage English and literacy as well as overseeing cover uh, which is what I did in my previous role so the fact that I've moved from that to there to doing it here hasn't been a massive adjustment really because the processes are the same mm. it's just in another organization uh, the biggest difference has been going from being a member of a safeguarding team to being the leader of, of that team mm. that's been the biggest difference and, mm. and in some ways the biggest challenge for me yeah I mean that is that is a very big role isn't it it's very big but yeah I'm I'm DSL as well for um for my college and yeah it it is a very different role um and i guess actually so looking you know listening to kind of the different areas that you are covering so i guess you know dsl and and attendance i i guess they are quite interlinked aren't they in in lots of yeah. ways and actually probably combining them and you know just thinking about you know the new sort of safeguarding guidance on this um, children missing from education um and there's there's been a lot of talk, hasn't there, about attendance figures? But always, <laughs> there's always a lot of talk about attendance <laughs> figures. Um, but I guess actually, sort of, th- there is a real follow through, isn't there, for, on that? Um, and as DSL, you're able then, I guess, to pick up um, those very effectively that are at risk of of low or persistent absence, even or missing yeah. from education. Yeah. There are lots of really good systems in place and I've been able to work with the team to kind of streamline those processes and support them mm. to, you know, to, especially with attendance mm. and already we're, we're, say, we're seeing that that's sort of paying dividends because we're seeing improvements and we're seeing families engaging with us as well, maybe more so than they had previously, which obviously links in with safeguarding because we need to know where they are. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's... I mean, I believe that's at the crux of it, isn't it? Is the family engagement um, and the identifying um, possible other, other avenues of support and um, and working as a team. Um, I mean, often children 
or, or young people with with difficulties with attending um, can be for a whole host of reasons, um, not as simple as well. I just don't want to go to school. Um, yeah. So I so working with you know having those really positive relationships with the whole family and parents and often parents at their absolute wits end and not knowing what else to do as well so it, I, yeah I believe as well that that it, that does really tie in um mm. and as you said pay dividends join that joining up yeah um really interested then with all these different areas that you're covering and like you said also teaching because that's so important to you so how do you are you able to talk about how a typical week is structured for you well i mean that's dso you know no two days are the same and Mm -hmm. to say that 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 the learning that i've achieved over the last seven weeks Mm. i feel like every day is is i'm learning something new Mm. from doing my very very first mash referral and basically saying to the person on the line please be patient with me yeah. I haven't done this before and just having the support of so many people yeah. um this week in particular and I think those of us who are in the safeguarding team will perhaps appreciate this a bit more this week has been very very busy mm. and I think that is possibly due to a two-week holiday we have a two-week half term here in Nottinghamshire right. and then students coming back into school and so this week has been particularly busy mm. in terms safeguarding team and, and myself we've you know a lot of man hours have gone to that aspect of my role um so it, a typical week for me is my timetable lessons you know they they have to take they have to take place and they do take place in terms of meetings you know I have my line management meetings I have my SLT meeting which is after school on a Tuesday but you know just for instance yesterday I could not attend a meeting. I had to ask somebody else to lead that meeting because I was on the phone to an external agency mm. dealing with a safeguarding incident. So typicality, I would say no two days are the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in some ways that's really good. You know, it, it's good to keep your knowledge and your, your professional development always increasing and there's always something new to learn. Um, at the same time, it can be very tiring mm. because you don't always know if you can achieve that job you set aside for yourself to do if you don't know what's going to come in in the meantime. So true, so true. Also very interested in that, um, like you said, this week has been particularly hard. Um, and that is something that uh, me and my my assist, assistant head, who's also the DD, DDSL, we've um, absolutely said the same, that the first day back, minimum, of a break don't schedule anything don't schedule any meetings that could be another day because we will be crisis management safeguarding issues because of that you know them coming the students coming back in after the holiday so it's yeah it's really interesting to me to hear that you find the same it's the same thing um and yeah I think that's my advice to anyone listening isn't going into a DSL or DDSL role don't put those meetings on that first couple of days back because you may well yeah yeah um and and like you said it is a it's a juggle isn't it I think it's really important to know that you've got other members of the SLT that can pick up those meetings and lead those meetings cover those lessons even um if you're still in the classroom because when 
when there is a safeguarding thing that has to take precedent over everything, doesn't it? And, oh, those, yeah. um, and I must say, my, my DDSL, she is phenomenal. Mm. I mean, she's been in post for you know a few years now and her expertise is second to none. And I would I would always feel confident that if I couldn't immediately deal with something, she is more than capable. In fact, you know, I sit, I've been sitting in on meetings that she's been having with external agencies just so I can learn how those meetings you know go what our involvement as a school would be and it's just been really really good for me just to, to learn and learning on the job as well because i feel like yes i can do the reading and i've read all the guidance i need to read as a dsl but being in it doesn't compare to reading about it absolutely no totally agree it's um i think anything safeguarding is one of those jobs like you said you can know and it's and it's really important to know the, the theory and the legislation obviously but it is one of those jobs where you don't really know until you're in it <laughs> um and then it's yeah it is learning on the job and it is um seeking advice and support I mean mm. first of all absolutely love that you've got that that support from your support and experience I think from the DDS your DDSL because um it, it it's something it is something that is you need to share i think yeah. uh, but obviously there are limitations to who you can share with um yeah, so having that relationship and that support um but also it's really it was really nice to hear you saying when you you know you did your first mash referral or you know working with external agencies and i think just that being able to say please be patient with me or help me a little bit with yeah. this because at the end of it isn't it it's the safety of a child um so there i i really believe there isn't room for um criticism or judgment mm -hmm. or but naturally i think as well i don't know if you agree but i do think there is there is a worry isn't there there's a lot of worry and fear in that role am i doing the right thing and yeah absolutely um, and i feel i've always said you know when, when, even on interview you know i was very very open and honest about the fact that i am not the finished article and, and there is a lot that i still need to learn and and i i will never stop asking questions yeah. because if it's important and i need to know it i will ask whoever i need to get yeah. that knowledge because it's so important so if people do get a bit fed up of me pestering, they're just gonna have to deal yeah, with it tough. because I'm asking. Yeah, I just love that. Yeah. I love that phrase. I'm not the finished article, and I'm going to keep learning and keep asking. And um, wow, just to say, if that's the kind of uh, ethos you pass on to your students, then they're very lucky because I just oh, thank yeah, you. no, I think that's amazing, and I think um, maybe there are too many people out there that worry that they should be presenting this. Yeah very confident, assured, experienced um, person. And, you know, we don't all feel like that, do we? And actually, the attitude of, I, I am still learning. Um, yeah. I don't think I've learned all I can learn on whatever the topic is. I just, I just love that. <laughs> and on that note, we'll um, we'll take we'll take a short break as we just go into the news, and then um, really looking forward to talking to you again afterwards. And we'll talk about kind of the differences between all of the roles that you've had. Yeah. Are you looking for lesson planning materials to kickstart the new term? We've got you covered. The day is a global online resource that turns the news into lessons. We're offering listeners a free resource on Andrew Tate that you can find on thedaynews.co forward slash Tate. Inspire personal development and critical thinking for your students by downloading the Tate Debate today. 
and feel more confident addressing sensitive topics with your class. Visit thedaynews.co forward slash Tate to find out more. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, -face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. So welcome back. And yeah, we are going to resume talking about Tanya's roles and all the different things that she's done over her um her education career. Um but we yeah, before the news we were talking about um kind of all the different things that you've you're covering now in your new role. Um and we started to sort of talk about some of the differences between the roles that you that you've noticed. Um one of them being the size of the school. Um, so I think you said you, you've gone from 2,500 down to, was it 800? About 870, I would yeah. say. Yeah, um, and, and with that, obviously your staff teams, there's a big difference um, between them. And, and I think, you know, you were saying that's a bit of a realisation because when you're talking about delegating things, um, there are just less people. Um, and I was thinking, as you were saying that, I was thinking about that because really the number of pupils um the processes are going to be the same although i guess the number of occurrences or for example if we take safeguarding it will potentially be fewer with fewer children um but actually all the processes and all the work that you need to do remains the same yeah. so that must be a bit of an adjustment in terms of workload yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was thinking ahead to this question, I kind of decided I'd write write down for myself notes on, you know, what is good about going from a big school to a small school mm. and what are the challenges. And I think in terms of, of a smaller staff and student body, it does mean that I'm very quickly getting to know people. That's you, lovely. You know, mm. I, I do pride myself on remembering names. It's mm. something that I've always felt is very important say the person's name makes them feel valued yeah. um, so I do feel that even after say my first two weeks here I knew some names already and, and I, I feel that because it's a smaller environment that people see me more often so that that sense of visibility is always there mm. because I'm always around and students are already some of them are already seeing me as their trusted adult and that they will come to me because they know where I am they know that I'm always available and I will speak to them so I think that's probably one of the the, the best things about that smaller school environment that sort of closer knit if you like that you know the departments all fit on one corridor they're mm. all together so that's that's something that does sort of forge a real sense of team 
everyone is so sort of close-knit. But as you said, you know, the, the, the main challenge is with that small team comes the challenge of workload and, and pressure mm-hmm. when things are difficult and you do need additional support. It is challenging to find where that support can come from because, you know, I, I do still look after staff well-being and I'm a mental health first aider. Mm-hmm. I'm always conscious of the fact that if I put on to them, that is not good for their well-being. So that is one of the challenges, particularly with staff absence. You know, we're not in a position whereby we have a huge team of staff who we can deploy to cover other teachers. We just don't have that in in this school. Mm. So that brings challenges. You know, bringing in supply teachers is is not what you want as your default setting, really. You want staff who know the children, know the processes and the systems. But when the school is small, you haven't got that bank of people that you can go to because again that's their workload it's their pressures and that's probably the, the biggest challenge that i that i can see mm. at the moment but you know as i said in terms of the good things the teams are fantastic and you know i haven't had to you know speak to anybody about the fact that i were asking you to to do something um everybody is is very very accommodating and very very kind and i think and that's lovely but i also am very mindful of not taking advantage of yes. that kindness and, and that you know accommodating attitude to help the school yeah absolutely again i i think that this is so interesting and, and very well planned so whoever's you know <laughs> responsible for your um d- you know assigning the roles and and dividing up i mean well done to them because again you you are staff welfare but you're also responsible for arranging cover i think you said so in case of staff absence yeah. um so again that alignment i guess and those crossovers it means um that it's all joining up isn't it so like you said you in a smaller team you are getting to know people better and in terms of that leadership and management it's so important isn't it that staff culture um of of knowing people knowing their names um and just that little thing of remembering something you know Mm -hmm. that they were going to do at the weekend that that sort of thing and then when somebody is off you're then in charge of arranging the cover yet you're also very aware of staff welfare um which is all very very good for your team but i'm just wondering that must be quite difficult for you Uh, it just it it can depend i mean Mm. because i've done that in my previous role i feel like i i am kind of quite used to that and the mental health first aid training was fantastic when I did the three-day course Mm. and about you know listening and supporting where you can and and I think even now what we're eight weeks in now school weeks I think already staff here feel that they can come to speak to me that they will get someone who will listen and support them in whatever way they can my links with the trust are really really strong Mm. I've worked with our trust leads on from HR for lots you know for the last four or five years you know so i think staff know that if they speak to me something will get done i think that that's often what they feel yeah and how valuable how valuable that is that's great as much as i can you know i'm not a magician (laughs) well no 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 (laughs) that's yeah that's something that i that i do often say when i when i put stuff out to the staff and um we've recently been doing some work on you know what does your best day look like and what does your worst day look like? And then how can we, what can I do to limit the risk of moving into this worst day scenario? 
um, you know, and increase the chances of moving towards consistent best days. But I did say there is a small little caveat in that is, is that I won't be able to do everything uh, and some things might not be immediate because, I mean, obviously it depends depends on the circumstances. But yeah, that's um, staff welfare and having that focus and them having the knowledge that you are going to get things done as much as you can. They are listened to and they are heard. Yeah. Like, I think that's just so key. And I think having really clear policies and, and processes mm. is key to that. You know, I think if, if someone does have to, to meet with me, and I'm talking about my old role more so because I haven't had to do that yet. It's so early on. Mm. But even those who have to meet with me because of absence management, and it, and it is a more difficult conversation because it is all policy driven. You know, it is that factual. It's impersonal. Yeah. It is it is a process that we have to follow, but in a supportive way wherever wherever we can. But I think mm. staff appreciate the fact that we do work to a policy and it is them black and white no one is treated unfairly it's it's mm. very much equal to all staff and at the end of the day our priority is the children yes you exactly know, that's what we work that's who we work for essentially mm. they're our boss <laughs> yeah yes yeah yeah totally but um i i was about to say exactly the same thing as you were talking about the the importance of clear policy i mean it does depersonalize it doesn't it it's it's that one uh, that one extra step in it that it's not me saying this just our policy is the requirements are and it does take the heat out of it a bit doesn't it when you're having those yeah. difficult conversations when everything is very clear um what the expectations are yeah um okay so have you got anything that you've noticed um other than what we've already sort of talked about but that's been a real not what you expected moment um the role of dsl i think is probably i i knew that there would be things that i would be involved in i perhaps naively didn't realize quite what some of those things might be yeah. and how when when you sit back not as a, a professional but as a parent so yes. I, have a, I have a seven-year-old child when you sit back and reflect on some of the things that you have dealt with as a dsl it it, it can be quite upsetting I think is probably the word I would use because yeah. these are young people these are their lives and and I and I knew that I would have to be part of some quite difficult things mm. and I perhaps didn't realize just how difficult some of these children's circumstances are and that that was quite hard to to take in the first few weeks and yeah and I think I, I think it will always be difficult because yeah. we are humans and we are we have emotions and we have our own mm. connections and it will always be something that I will probably have to breathe through and think wow this is hard but you know the bottom line is it's hard but we will help I totally agree I've been at DSL for 13 years um and yeah it's really really hard and like you mm. said I, like I'm I'm a mum as well and there are definitely days when I'll go home and just hug my boys just that little bit tighter. Yeah, um, yeah And And I think, you know, not that I, you know, not that I ever speak about it, but I think they n know sometimes that actually mm -hmm. they just need to suffer, <laughs> suffer a very tight mum hug because it's been one <laughs> of those days. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree. It, um, and I would say I don't think it does necessarily get easier because we are human and again you're in the job because you care um and you can't switch that off but i would say over time you can perhaps um you know support is essential 
Uh, support yeah. emotional support is absolutely essential um but i think you can learn ways to maybe compartmentalize um yeah. have yeah. those routines i know i've got a, a very strong one that when i pull up my car outside park just sit for a couple of minutes and then as i step through the door that's me i'm putting that behind yeah. me as much as i can um and like you said just holding on to the fact that you you're helping um mm. but that doesn't take away that sometimes the stuff that you the things that you hear are exceptionally difficult to hear um yeah. and move on from i would say you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on teachers talk radio